Leftovers at Midnight, Episode 6, with our guest Tommy from the band Delineate. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're, do- we're doing peachy. Doing, doing good, peachy. yo. It's going. Good, good. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, been a relatively easy day so far, so... I mean, good. I, I got two hours to ruin it, so... <laughs> Awesome. I want to make Let's a quick, do it. I want to make a quick note. There was no episode last week because we filmed the entire thing and as I went to export it from an HKV to an MP4 file, the whole fucking thing got corrupt and I gave up after 2 hours of trying. So for the little bit of you that were looking forward to that episode cuz we get 10 to 20 views an episode, so it's got to be someone. Um sorry. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. So we have this episode it's going to go a little bit longer than usual and we're gonna try and make it pretty entertaining for everybody oh yeah i blame kyle yeah fuck kyle so it's all quiet kyle's fault <laughs> fuck did i Just ever do to any of you what <laughs> what happened oh, no. we've made you a meme yeah i don't want to be a meme i don't oh, want to be that kyle. meme specifically kyle is you quiet kyle towards midnight if you didn't want to be a meme sorry <laughs> Quiet Kyle t-shirts coming soon. <laughs> so, up, Alex? Tommy, you're in a band. Uh, three of I us are repping your merch. Me, Kyle, and Eric. I don't think Alex has any, but that's all right. Tell, I do not, unfortunately. Tell the listeners and viewers about your band, what's going on, what you do in there. Tell us all about it, because we don't so, know anything. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been playing guitar for Delineate for... <sighs> little over three years now golly <laughs> it seems like uh it, it seems like it hasn't really even been that long but um it's delineate d-e-l-i-n-e-a-t-e it's a it's a, uh, a needlessly complicated to spell word but um yeah we're uh we're a metalcore band um out of the tampa area in in florida um we are we're kind of all over a place we have you know guys out in sarasota we got a guy out in brandon um and then for a little while our drummer was living in saint pete and so tampa area i guess um we are working on some new stuff we have a lot a lot a lot of music like ready to go in studio with we're just uh we're working on getting one picking out what we're gonna do Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because there's so much music and then um and then actually getting in to get it tracked we um so we're we're hoping to get that done pretty soon. We're we're like that close. So getting there. I have a quick question for you, Tommy. Just so, just because it just kind of popped into my head here. Um, so what is like? What is it like trying to get studio time amidst the coronavirus pandemic? Well, we are actually in a really, really uniquely blessed situation because our singer Brian. Uh, runs vanadium recordings so we can go and like we have all of us have some means of of recording our instruments um and so we don't even necessarily have to go in to brian's apartment to record everything but um we can send stems just basically from where we are and he can mix them in however he needs to to put the processing and eqs and all the uh you know effects and everything so um, the thing that is holding us up right now actually is vocal tracking because Brian does live in an apartment <laughs> and he has neighbors yeah. who have 
more yeah. than once expressed discontent at at the loud sounds coming out of his apartment. So <laughs> we're trying to get him from getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have any albums out? Uh, yeah, we have two full length albums. We have um, our first album was The Sound of the City, came out um, back in 2017, uh, and then our most recent album, You Will Find Safety, came out last year. Um, it is both were a labor of love. Um, you will find safety is definitely a heavier release for sure. I mean, the la- the lineup and everything changed drastically between when our first album was written and our second album was written. So you can definitely tell the difference there. Have you noticed a big, um, quality improvement? I guess is the right word between the first album and the second album. Like, have you noticed you're a little bit more tight on certain things than you were, uh, in first record? I mean, the, every time you get into the studio, like you kind of learn something new about what you can do better while you're in the studio, you know, like nothing is done in one take. Um, and usually Brian makes us do everything twice, even when we get it right, you know, just for the sake of, of fail safes on fail safes. So, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like it's, it's a more diverse release. Um, the, the first album, uh, Sound of the City, was written primarily by our singer, Brian. He, he wrote most of the album before any of us joined the band, with the exception of a couple of songs. Um, and with You Will Find Safety, we had the influence of uh, not only me and Nick, the guitar players, but our bass player, Austin, writes, he writes music like a machine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, in the time that I can put out, you know, maybe one song that I'm really, really proud of, he's probably got like 25 that he's start to finish in one day. Damn. And they're all good. Like you can't even, you can't even be (laughs) mad that he's like producing quality, uh, quantity over quality because they're all good. And that's why we have such a hard time deciding on what to put in. That's super impressive. Yeah. That That sounds like a hell of a time. I'm sure. Yeah. uh, So it's like, you know how, like, we all have hobbies, right? Like, yeah, games or, uh, you know, I play music at home, but my hobbies are, you know, doing yo-yo tricks and magic and whatever the hell. His whole thing, the only thing that he ever does is play music. Like, he goes home. It's slowed down since he got a girlfriend. I will say that. (laughs) Uh, Abby, if you see this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's just a machine. He's, he's incredible. Like one of the, one of the best songwriters that I've been able to, you know, be in sustained contact with. Yeah. So have you noticed, does your playing change from when you're playing at home to when you're in the moment you have to record and get it right. And you've nailed it hundreds of times before, but now you're on the spot. You have to get it right. So you're not wasting everybody's time. Have, have you noticed that or does it just come naturally to you? So it, it's a weird way to say it, but I have noticed there is a change in the way that I do it that I do naturally, but it is not a positive change. <laughs> um, so I'll, you know, when I'm sitting at home, I'll lean back, I'll sit in my chair with my guitar, just like wherever. When I'm in the studio, I'm like perfect posture, like sat up like this, like Classical. trying to be as prim- proper as I can be. And most often that actually screws me up and I end up having to like make myself uh, relax just to be able to get it like I do when I'm playing at home. So do you guys got any tours planned? What, what's going on since COVID hit? Were you playing shows? I mean, so we had some shows that got canceled, uh, right. As COVID started, we were going to be playing, um, nomadic had a release show at a crowbar. 
that was going to be a really, really awesome lineup. Um, and you just, as it got closer, we just like barely missed the opportunity to play that show with COVID as it, as it came through. That was like right before the, you know, two weeks before the show was when they called the, the mandatory, mandatory, uh, you know, stay oh, inside. Yeah. Lockdown. So, you know, after that, mm. there was a couple of festivals that we were looking at. Um, but they've, you know, all obviously since been canceled. Um, mainly the, the hardest thing has been like, we haven't been able to have like an actual band practice. We've had to kind of be on each other about actually like practicing our instruments and practicing the songs because we haven't, you know, like even the place that we normally rent out to practice, it's called Spatterdash, uh, Spatterdash Studios, I believe is what they changed the name to. It used to be what we live for and they, they changed the name, uh, recently, but yeah, even they were like for a while, just not even letting people come to practice, which, you know, absolutely huh. like don't let people into your space when there's a national pandemic, but yeah, it's been, that's been pretty. <laughs> Who's the biggest act you've ever opened up for? Uh, personally, or like as delineate both. Uh, personally, the biggest band that I so this was back when I was in the Iliad. Um, we played with. Um, it was a really weird lineup, but it was Dayseeker and Prison. Um, that was a really cool show. Uh, we opened for Chelsea Grin. That was a really crazy oh, wow. show out of the Orpheum. Damn. Well, shit. Um, what? Uh, the Elliot opened for Sworn In. Um, back in the day, like one of the older bands that I was that I was in opened up for King Conquer, which was like the biggest thing in the world to us at the time. They were they were like a bigger local band, but like everybody are. knew who they were, and we thought that they were the most famous people we'd ever meet. That was a super cool show. Um, and then. Uh, we played with, uh, in Delineate, we played with, um, hmm, trying to think of what the biggest one would be. Um, probably when we played at Crowbar, uh, with, it was, it was a really weird lineup for us. Like we were the heaviest band on the lineup. Um, but, Oh man, now I'd see that like we haven't opened up for that big of bands because a lot of the shows that we've played as Delineate have been like local festivals. Mm-hmm. You know, we right. played Keeping Wound when they did their album drop last year. We played Hope Fest a couple of times. We played, um, you know, a lot of album release shows just like kind of supporting the hometown. And a lot of that comes down to like the ticket sales because this is something that most people who are not in the specifically like the heavy music industry or the heavy music scene um don't see this this often but the idea of pay to play by means of selling like pre-order tickets to your shows is really common and it's really backwards in my opinion it's something that generally we prefer not to have to do and so we've made do as as we can by you know picking up lineups that are beneficial to us based on, you know, who's going to be there rather than, than who we're playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, they'll hand you 50 tickets at 15 or 20 bucks each and say, if you don't sell all these, you don't get paid. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. and, and it's not always that brutal. I mean, we've worked with a lot of guys that are pretty chill about it. 
Um, but there's, you know, it, it creates another kink in the chain of like, oh, well, I'm expecting this much money, but this band let us down. So they undersold by 20 tickets, which means all the bands get paid less, you know? Mm. So it, it's just brutal, man. And, and, and so we've, we've elected to avoid it when we can, unless it's a really big deal. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Pretty cool. Sounds you rough. Guys, that does. You guys played with those sleeper, right? Or did that never end up happening? That never ended up happening. That was a show no. that we get on. It was uh yeah, that was supposed to be a big deal, and I I that never did end up happening. Am I true? That's unfortunate. Now I'm gonna, <laughs> I have to look. I'm gonna have to look. I, I am uh I'm I'm really, really bad. Like, you know, Chelsea Grand, Dayseeker, and Prison are bands that I listen to all the time. Yeah. You know, or at one point I don't listen to Chelsea Grand that much anymore. But uh they're bands that like I'm super familiar with. A lot of the bands yeah. that Delineate plays with are way like they're not as heavy as what I'm used to listening to mm. because we are not as heavy as what I'm used to listening to on a pretty regular basis. You know what I mean? Makes so sense. I, like, I get mixed up constantly. I have got two more questions and I'll let everybody else go. Just my brain's going. Um, what What's the most important message that you have in your music, would you say? Collectively, since I'm, I'm sure it's not just one person writing every song, what are you trying to get across with um, your first album and your second album? Like, what, what, what's the point? that you're trying to get across i guess with with our most recent album i don't want to speak too much on our first album because i know that it was a very personal story to brian and and it's it's not necessarily my story to mess up you know Mm -hmm. um but uh with our most recent album it's called you will find safety and a lot of it has to do with kind of grappling with with death um we have uh arbiter of loss um, and, and no life, no name as descriptions of death. If you listen to the song murderer, um, that is about the moment that a man who is considering suicide is considering his meeting with like the physical embodiment of death. Um, and it's not necessarily like a, an obsession with death as in like a dark way, but more like a, like a presenting it in an open environment in a, in a very real environment, in my opinion. Um, it's something that is obviously taboo for a lot of reasons, but it's also something that is so natural that, you know, it's, it's scary, but it's not necessarily something to be afraid of. And, and that's where a, a lot of the, the, the lyrical focus in, in you will find safety is about is, is finding that safety. Okay. That's, that's really cool. It's I did. Yeah, definitely. It's deep. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, my final question, and then everyone else, you ask yours, so I'm not fucking hogging up shit here. You um, good dog. <laughs> what's one stereotype that you want delineate to break when it comes to oh, you can't understand them, they're just screaming, there's there's no message in those lyrics, it's just a bunch of noise, blah blah blah. What's one thing that you hope people will listen to your music and be like, Oh, there's you know, a lot of emotion behind this because you're speaking about this or this? Um, I don't, I don't know necessarily that, that breaking that stereotype has ever really been, uh, on the agenda of our band because you can't, you can't make somebody like a sound. You can't force it, but we do hope that, you know, in some way that the emotion behind our music can speak to someone, even if that's not 
what they prefer to listen to. You know, it's, it's not a, oh, well, we're going to make sure that all the metal guys have feelings too. Right. <laughs> you know, it, we're hoping that, that in, in some way we can, we can, you know, speak to someone regardless of what their, their situation is or, or where they're, where they're at in their life or what kind of music they're listening to. It's, um, you know, that you'll find that on, on our albums, on both of our albums, there's like a really, um, intentional mix of heavier tracks with, um, songs like the title tracks, um, like the sound of the city and you will find safety. Those, those title tracks are very like heartfelt, um, and very clean, you know what I mean? Like you, there's, there's no heavy vocals on them. And, and like I said, you can't, you can't make somebody like a sound. So if there's something for everybody on that album, that's kind of what the best we could hope for, you know? I like that answer. I fucking like it a lot. That's, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't reduce people to like convincing them that the thing that you're doing is the best thing. Exactly. And, you know, obviously you want to have that confidence in your music and, and your performance and, and what you've created. But, um, for the sake of breaking a stereotype, it's, it's a different, it's a completely different agenda and vibe similar to like how, if you, if you were to ask, um, you know, Zach Della Rocha from mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine, like what, what he wanted the people who listen to Rage to feel like, or if he said, uh, what do you want people who listen to country music to feel when they listen to your music? It, his music is for the people. It's for the small guy. It's for the underdog, you know, like that's who he's creating mm-hmm. for. And somebody, you know, in, in that, that, that likes country music, hears testify and is, thinks that that's the coolest riff they ever heard in their life. Then, you know, that's good on rage against the machine, but that wasn't really what they were going for, you know? Yeah. What you guys oh, got? got that song stuck in my head. machine here, but <laughs> 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 I, uh, I got a question for you, Tommy. Um, you personally, um, who is your biggest influence in your playing? Oh man, and that changes. Um, that changes with the seasons. I think recently, like my biggest influence has been um, Ichikanito. Uh, he's he started out basically as like an Instagram guitarist, and the dude is absolutely insane. Actually, so Robbie good. is the one showed me him to begin with he's one of my favorite guitar players ever um in general like from when i first started playing um probably like steve vai um uh mark knopfler from uh from the dire straits um let's see Clapton, I mean, like, that's a corny way, you know, a corny yeah. one to say. But Clapton, <laughs> I think that's everybody a little bit who plays uh, guitar, though. Tosin Abasi is a killer guitar player. He's uh, so JB, good, dude. JB Brubaker from August Burns Red had a huge influence on a really good chunk of my life as a guitar player. Um, just, like, the, the way that they write their riffs is so cool and so distinct. Um, that has always stuck with me. But yeah, recently, yeah, recently for sure is uh, Ichikanito, and then um, Matea Sasato is really good too. So yeah, actually, so Mike, I have a, like kind of like a two-parter. Okay. So 
kind of when you were growing up, what made you, what kind of led you into music? And for the second part, who's kind of your inspiration for getting into music as you're growing up? So I have a two-part answer to that two-part question. So, um, I would hope so. <laughs> my uncle Tommy, the one I was named after, was one of the best guitar players I've ever met in my life. Like, that's hands awesome. Down, he was he was absolutely incredible. And I got I got my first guitar for my tenth birthday, and went immediately and started learning. Like he gave me you know little lessons once every month when I would see him, and. uh Shortly after that, I switched schools. My middle school I was at, um, public school is Bannett Point uh, in, in Port Ritchie. And I switched over to Dayspring Academy, which was this charter school that for in some ways I really, really am grateful to have gone there. And in some ways I really wish I never would have. But <laughs> um, if not for Dayspring, I, I would not still be a musician, I don't think. Um, really? The specific person that I have to credit with that initially is Eric Mullins from Mullins Music, Word. Uh, a nonprofit organization where um, initially the first thing that they started doing it was called Rock Week, and it's like this five-day music camp where they throw you in a room with four other kids you've never met who play different instruments than you, and they say, "Learn these four songs and write a song, and at the end of the week you're going to play a show," which is Word. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, wow. I love it. and absolutely incredible. I have some of the coolest stuff i mean we played covers of anybody you could think of freaking michael jackson flyleaf uh bill withers green onions like anything anything and everything from every different kind of genre that could potentially have some influence on rock and roll as a genre we we played something and if not for that they gave so i took guitar class with eric mullins he was my guitar teacher in sixth grade and at the end of the year, he came up to me with an envelope and he said, here, I don't know if you're interested in this, but if you are, we're doing this music camp. And this was the first year that they had ever done it. He's like, I would really like to give you this scholarship so that you can go. Cause it's, I mean, it costs a couple hundred bucks just to make sure that everybody's fed for the week, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, so he gave me the scholarship and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I did it every year for 10 years after that, Damn. even after like, aged out like oh, I, I wow there as an intern for like three that's years awesome dude that's um, really cool kept doing it too the only the only thing that really stopped it was just because uh, the timing didn't really line up once i had a full-time job you know so yeah uh, yeah but i'm still super super grateful to eric and marina mullins um and uh conrad applegren was uh another guitar teacher i had at Dayspring who worked with um worked with mullins music so support mullins music because they're amazing they they do all kinds of amazing amazing work for kids helping them learn how to play rock and roll and not just like being a stuffy you know music lesson it's very interesting they they provide so much music education in in the realm of of rock and roll and otherwise i mean eric mullins is an unbelievable sax player (laughs) like it was funny to me that he taught guitar because he was he's an unbelievable sax player but um yeah support mullins music that's like if I had to plug anything today, I'm plugging them. I know a good sax player <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, that's so, super awesome. So I actually have a question for you, um, not just personal, but like I guess as a band, um, I want to know what your first like performance in front of an audience was. Like the first time you hopped up on stage in front of like fans, 
you know, viewers, whatever you want to call them. Like, just kind of walk me through that. Like, tell, tell me what happened. So, like, like for Delineate's first show? Sure. It, it delineates first show or, like, you know, your first performance in the Iliad, whatever, like, as, as a unit, what, what was that initial experience like? Like, you know, hey, we're a band curtains open so um so i'll i'll give you the two i'll give you the delineate first show and then like my first show in the metal scene because that's kind of i mean we did i was in a couple of bands back when i was younger like my first band we started we were 12 years old and we were together for like a year and a half and we were (laughs) so bad and i'm not gonna say the name of that band on this stream because i (laughs) Ah. but um after that in high school i was in a band called the race the empire um and that was like we were still playing like the Pasco County Library System Battle of the Bands, which also a great program, support them too. But like it wasn't, you know, it was it was to provide the opportunity for bands to do a Battle of the Bands. And that yeah. was pretty much the only shows we were playing at the time, you know. Okay. Um, but when I joined Active Mercy, which in, eventually became the Iliad, um, the first show we played, I feel was a complete train wreck. <laughs> and not for anybody's fault but mine because we were you know i was brand new and i i had to write new lyrics to all the songs and i had like i want to say it was like two weeks um oh, geez. from when i joined the band to when we played our first show with me as the vocalist and uh and then i had to learn this cover it was um open letter by the amity affliction i, I had love never that song, song such a good never- song and I had to learn all the words to it so we could play this cover on stage. Um, and it was so much fun. I mean, it was it was a mess, uh, but it was so much fun. Everybody who was there had fun. I'm still friends with people that I met at that show. Um, and then, like, you know, fast forward almost four years, I guess, uh, to our first show with Delineate. Um, that was insane like that was an insane feeling because delineate had been a band for a while you know and we had a couple of tracks out already we had um you live in the dark and the author's voids were out they were music videos at that point um but no one had heard anything else from us like everybody knew us as brian's band like and (laughs) our first show at what we live for studios which is now spatterdash um, and they gave us an insanely good deal <laughs> on renting the door. So we, we booked that. We booked a couple of, uh, of good friends of ours, bands, uh, Young Ghosts, Absolutely Killer, and Archaic, who Brian is now the singer in that band too. Yeah. So it can't be two Brian's band. But, um, and Archaic was there. Um, a band called Greenhaven was there, and they became the most unfortunate name for a band you can have right now, which is Rona. <laughs> it's oh, no. a, Oh shit, um, man. Yeah, introvert out there. Introverts, a crazy good rapper. He's I've known him for as long as I've been in bands since I was probably like 12 years old. He was, he played the first show that I ever played in my very first band. And he's an incredible guy. Uh, shout out to big forehead Jesus. Um, Got but, he was there like it, we had a lot of people or a lot of really, really awesome people playing that night. And we supposedly, according to the uh, the sound engineer, he's like, we've never had this many people in here before. <laughs> like we we broke their record, which admittedly, like wasn't a huge, huge crowd. It was like, I want to say tops 
200 people if that like that was okay more the probably i mean that's that's a pretty moderate amount but they were crammed into the building dude and playing in front of a stage in front of just just a packed house like no joke it was one of the coolest things that you could imagine because awesome like you know all of our family was like in the first row like yelling our lyrics back at us which you know is something that is super corny and taboo or not <laughs> like cliche like oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. lyrics back to me but like when you actually have it happen it's incredible and then you never see it again <laughs> you <laughs> like, like hannah has been at every single one of our shows hannah uh, my fiance and um she knows every word to every song she knows the words better than i know the words <laughs> but usually she's like the only one that knows all the words to every song. And then we just, <laughs> we got to hope that we're good enough that somebody wants to go and learn them. What's your favorite song you've written or performed? Um, probably, probably Nikita. Um, I wrote Nikita on, you will find safety for, um, actually Hannah's, uh, she had a service animal named Nikki. Um, she was a Alaskan Malamute and she passed away a couple of years ago and it was, it was really, really tough on, on Hannah and on me at the time. I mean, you know, I hadn't known her for very long, but like, it was a big deal. And it like, it still, it still hits home to think about. Um, and so Nikita is a song about like, if you kind of take it in two parts. So Josh, uh, our, our screaming vocalist was sort of from the perspective of Hannah, um, in the moment. And, and Brian was sort of singing from Nikki's perspective, like, after she had passed um and 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 you know in this scenario like nikki is saying it's okay like i don't hurt anymore i'm feeling better i it's not it's not lonely and hannah in that situation is is saying you know i I would do anything to bring you back you know it's 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 it hits home for me um and it's some of probably my most inspired like uh, technical like music work in my opinion and I can't take like all the credit for that song because I had help from both Austin and Nick writing that song for sure but um, it was you know it was a big deal for me to have like to to have that track there it was it was it, it meant a lot and I'm really really happy with the way it came out that's awesome that's, that's a awesome. fucking great story you're gonna make me cry dude yeah bro Fantastic. I'm trying not to get emotional <laughs> right now I don't know if any of you guys seen like the um the youtube streaming video for that song but um it's got clips of nikki in that video like in the break between the last chorus and like the very end of the song there's like a, an eight bar break and in that there's like a couple of clips of nikki like running around in the backyard and just like you know just doing dog stuff I'll have to check and it out. not watching it not watching it i'm already about cry. to start crying <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, not to make this about me or anything, but I mean, so when I went to one of your shows when I was working at Seven Eleven in Tampa, uh, I remember that shit. I remember. Yeah, that yeah. I, was, I stayed. I was getting good to work that night, dude. So that was the first time I heard that song live, and my two basset hounds had actually passed away earlier, like a few, like a month or two before that. So, dude, that song gets so hard to be like try not to be emotional about it, dude. But I love that song to death. Especially because, like, Josh, every time we would play that song live, Josh goes, hey, you guys like dogs? Yeah. <laughs> this song 
really important special dog that we lost last year. Like he says it just like that. Like no warning, no cushion. Uh, just hey, dead dog. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty brutal, dude. I'm sorry. You're a good dog. Like uh, yes, music means a lot to me. I'm not gonna lie. I appreciate that, dude. Of course. Anybody else have any uh, questions for Tommy? I think I think we picked his brain a pretty good amount. Well, I got a question. I got a, I got a quick one. Oh yeah, go for it. Uh, Tommy, just real quick, if you could learn any instrument you don't know how to play, what would it be? It would be the piano, hands down. Like Fuck, I know, awesome. I know vaguely how to play the piano, but like if you can play the piano, you can play anything. Seriously, yep. like if you know if you know your way around a piano, you can figure out literally any instrument as long as you can, can hold on to it for a few minutes. And I envy that. I envy like the compositional elements of of piano players because like it's it's so intricate and like my fingers are fat. Like <laughs> hit me up, Tommy. I'll teach you the basics. All right. So I got a question for all of you. We know Tommy plays an instrument. Do you guys play instruments? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. I'm going to go right off the bat and be like, nah. Uh, <laughs> no. Eric? I... So... Oh. oh, man. Should I... I mean, do I answer this honestly? I know the answer, <laughs> so go for it. Yeah, so I dabbled a little bit with the music scene. Um, I... For whatever reason, I thought I was going to be decent at it, and I wasn't, so I stuck to Guitar Hero. Um, but I, I, I played a little. I, I played guitar for a while. Uh, tried playing the bass. Um, gave the the keyboard piano like a fair attempt, and then realized I would shut it off immediately because that didn't work. Um, but when I was in high school, I was the beatboxer for the choir. Uh, for all three years that I was in the choir. Um, so that was what kind of came naturally to me. Uh, I realized I wasn't the best singer. I wasn't super talented at instruments, but that just kind of happened. Um, I was inspired by all the people that were on Vine and musically that were doing it. So I was just kind of like, okay, you know, I'll just pick up a little drum and bass here and there. And then dubstep happened. And that's when it kind of exploded for me. And that's what's kind of continued it on ever since. Um, but as far as like physical instruments, didn't have it. Alex? Um, I play a few different instruments, actually. Uh, I could play guitar. And well, with guitar comes bass, of course. Just because they're, you know, for the most part, they're similar instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also way harder to learn the guitar like initially but pretty easy to learn bass but at a certain point it is really hard to get super good at the bass like 100% like, it is the learning curve there is like <laughs> i uh i dabble in ukulele cuz i own one so you know i just did something fun to do and i play piano as well nice uh Kyle? Dang. No, you said no, but is is it just no or like I mean, yeah, you guys know my background relatively. So uh 
when I was in like fifth going into sixth grade, I got my first guitar and it's still the only guitar I've ever owned, which is my Washburn X series. And I played guitar for a while, never really got good at it. I mean, I could play a few songs, but that was that. Uh, fell out of guitar and years, and I mean years later, maybe four years ago, I picked up uh, like playing 10 whistles and things like that. But outside of that, nah, not really. It's I'm just, music's not my thing. Word. Robbie? Uh, well, I mean, you guys know. Uh, I've been playing guitar since I was 11, and I'll be 24 next week, so do the math. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guitars and a bass. Uh, I also play the drums as well. And yeah, that's really it. So uh, real quickly, just kind of shoehorn some stuff in. You said your birthday's next week, Ravi? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I already know what I'm getting them. Mine's mine's actually tomorrow. Happy early birthday. Uh, Actually... My birthday is next Thursday when we're recording, so let's do a fucking drinking episode. So you are the 17th, right? Nice. I mean, you can fucking come on again if you want. Yeah! (laughs) But only one Uh, more. (laughs) Yeah, one shot. (laughs) I'm so ready. (laughs) Unless somebody complains. Derek is coming out. Gonna be great. Well, uh, anybody have any other music questions, music topics? If you could learn to play any instrument, all of you guys, what would it be? Like, like anything. Hmm. I have two. Can I answer with two? Yeah. Um, I've dabbled in drums, but I want to learn to get good at drums. And the other one is saxophone. Okay. Uh, kind of off in a different direction um i would love to actually learn to play the mandolin Dude, um, it's so much fun it's so my, much my my great grandpa was in a lot of like folk bands um and just dip, just kind of worked around playing a lot of different instruments and i have one of the mandolins that he used to play um oh, wow. and i i tried learning it you know after i thought I was going to be a lead guitarist, uh, but that didn't work out. So I just put it on the back burner and it, it, you know, it just, it's been sitting for a while and I really want to take the time to learn it. Yeah, dude, you but, totally could. Like mandolin is another instrument that's really easy to learn and really hard to get really good at. Good at yeah. you are, it's, it's basically just like I picked violin and so yeah. you play chords on it, which is pretty rad. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. He split violin, funny enough. <laughs> Forgot about you that. Uh, How about you, Kyle? Uh, if I really, so, I mean, like I said, I'm not good at music. And it's just, I, it wasn't my thing. doesn't mean I don't have dreams. Uh, so if I want to get good, or at least learn to play two instruments, one, and these are going to be really weird, obscure instruments, one would be the hurdy-gurdy. Oh, I think that'd be cool. Okay. Instrument. Right, dude. Oh, it's so cool, bro. I would love to like learn how to play a hurdy gurdy, and then also I would love to just be able to attempt to play a Native American drone flute. They just sound so freaking oh, cool, yeah. for sure. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Robbie, if you can learn one instrument or two or seven, what would they be? 
Well, I mean, I guess this is an instrument. I would learn how to sing. My mom has one of the best voices when it comes to singing that I've ever heard in my life. And when I sing, I sound like a cat that's just been fucking ran over and like, pissed on. Like, it is awful. I'm, I and feel you, man. I've, I've been looking up how to take singing lessons. And in uh, my time off, I've been practicing singing. And to me, it doesn't sound good. But, you know, from what I've come to realize is you don't sound good to yourself. Yeah, um, I, I, sounds I need to find... I need to find uh, a coach or someone that will sit down and teach me the basics on, you know, how to sing. Cause I'd fucking love to do that. It's fucking sounds fun. And Same. I can't do it. Same. It sucks. But I will do it. One okay. Day. I mean, I just wish no. I wasn't tone deaf, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not tone deaf. I just don't know how to u- utilize my voice correctly. I, I understand that entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know I don't know how to utilize my, a lot my of voice. Stupid sounding exercises. Yep, I've been hey, doing like a tips on on singing one time. Like you know, he does all those crazy like runs, <clears throat> and that requires a pretty pretty good degree of vocal control. I was like, how do you practice that like without you know just sounding really horrible? And one of the things he said, what you should do is while you're driving or whatever, just go like this. Oh, as fast as you can because <laughs> doing that motion is like how you learn to control your uh, yeah. and, and it, it, i have i've done that for like 25 minutes at a time just like sitting in my car on my way home from somewhere just oh yep <laughs> it also it also helps open everything up i mean even as redundant as just you know vibrating your lips back and forth or just like humming in the car anything to help like get your vocal cords going will massively improve the performance for sure. You should warm up no matter what the hell you do. You should warm I get on, I get on the guys about this a lot because every time that we play a show, I spend like the 20 minutes before our set, like with my headphones in playing through the album, just, just Whoa. to like myself up so that I'm not like, you know, crunchy up there. Yeah. And right. One else warms up and it gets on my nerves so bad. I'm guilty. Uh, especially it's like you can hurt yourself physically if you don't warm up properly, especially like like heavy vocalists. Like you can really, mm-hmm. really screw up your, your lungs or your vocal cords. So interesting. Always warm up. Always. Warm up. Hmm. I warm up to shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically I do too. I have my warm up right here. <laughs> Coffee, alcohol, nicotine, all three of those old. That's my breakfast right, right there, dude. Just coffee, alcohol, yep. and nicotine. Yeah, if you need to course correct, just eat some ramen. <laughs> or a Why you gotta call me out like that? Come on now. <laughs> dude, I have had two cups of freaking cup noodles a day for the last three days. Can confirm I have witnessed it. Yeah, watch me. It's it's not a good existence. <laughs> it's it, it doesn't <laughs> good says you <laughs> nope i i went through my fair share of ramen phases and oh boy ramen oh boy yeah, i got these these spicy chicken flavored ramens and they like oh, double they're so of, good they yeah. doubled the amount of you know sodium powder in them so like now it's only 1200 my nose i ate them i had never <laughs> tried them before 
like as like so dumb. It was only four dollars and eighty eight cents for a twelve pack of them at Walgreens or at Walmart <laughs> the other day. Staple so, food, gotta love it. I have to Damn. eat this, but I don't want it. <laughs> I'm too poor. Gotta I switch need it up. Switch it up and eat it raw. Get that nasty lime shrimp it. ramen. Ugh. Ugh. I actually like that one. Of course, it's a problem. I don't remember the last time I had ramen. There's too much lime in it. Shrimp, dude, that I would straight up die. How does it feel to be wrong, Eric? It's ramen. It's all good. I legitimately cannot think of one single flavor of ramen, whether it's been in a cup or in a packet, that I didn't like. Are you one of those people that likes the, the lime cucumber Gatorade? It's not terrible. Okay. Oh my god. So Eric's the type of person to like eat a pile of shit what? if it has lime on it. Well, apparently. I, mean, I do remember <laughs> one time someone telling me about you drinking a, a ranch flavored soda. Hi, I bought it for him. It was me. Hello, how that, are you? That, that wow. ranch soda. Yeah. And I still gave it a solid six out of ten. They had like Definitely a John Lemon. John Lemonade. Okay, but but for those but for the viewers or vis- uh, listeners that don't know, I'm from the Midwest, so we all know that ranch is the nectar of the gods. You and hail from the Hidden Valley. Oh, you yeah. know the Northern Pike. Robbie, Robbie and I were out one day, and we just happened to walk <laughs> into a store that had ranch-flavored pop, and Robbie uh, what? basically, basically, what? You're in basically Florida. bought it for me. That sounds like Tarjay. <laughs> no. Yeah, so anyway... So, like so Robbie got it for me, and I drank it on the spot, and it was not the worst experience I've had with beverages. That's depressing. I mean, my girlfriend just drinks ranch, so like that's even I more depressing. Like, yeah, we all do. You know, I feel like that's totally you different. People, but we all do. That's that's normal. Who it's who is we all? You Midwesterners, right? Oh yeah, but don't, don't you ranch? know? Because ranch is disgusting. Uh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, ranch is not disgusting. Ranch is fucking horrible, dude. I mean, let's 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 all get it straight right now. Ranch is for children. If you're a grumpy, you eat blue cheese. Blue cheese is mold. Oh, blue cheese. I know it is. It's good mold. True. For as 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 controversial as it might be, my favorite sauce for anything is Chick Fil A's avocado lime ranch dressing. You know what? I can't even disagree with you. It's Mm. good. I've never had that. Sauce and I it's haven't found anywhere else that has anything even close to it except chilies. Chilies, when you get those dipper things, the little uh southwestern egg rolls, they come with a an avocado. Oh, that's what that is. Can we can we backpedal just a second? Because I'm still kind of mind blown by the avocado lime thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. So what? if you do go to chilies, which Knowing that you live with man, or I said chilies. If you do go to Chick Fil A, knowing that you uh-huh. live with man, you're probably not going to go to Chick Fil A. But <laughs> if you go to Chick Fil A, definitely get as many of packets as that as you as they are allowed to give you. Going allowed to give you like it two I will Rant buy them if I need to. That's not the question. I just need to know where to get it. Chick Fil A. Yeah, it's at Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Cool. It's a uh, we'll hear about that adventure next week. Salad. I I think the best sauce you can get is the creamy jalapeno sauce from Taco Bell. That's the stuff they put on the quesadillas. That's what that is. Mm-mm. They have a better one. You can 
you can order a side of that. You could just ask for a cup of that. They will just give it to you for like two They have a better one, and it's the avocado ranch. Trust me. If you like avocados and you like ranch, you're going to love it. <laughs> it's okay. terrific. Let me backpedal on, what, on what, what I'm talking about when I hate ranch. I'm kind of exaggerating. If I had to choose huh. between shit and ranch, I would choose shit. But <laughs> but if if there is ranch in front of me and I eat it not knowing it's ranch and thinking it's something else, that's okay. I'm not going to throw up. I'm not going to hate it. So but you're if, a fucking if, poser is what you're yes. saying. Yes. So if I have the choice, I will – I don't have a bottle of ranch in my house. Like I will say that right now. I have blue cheese, honey mustard, um, zesty Italian, and that's it. No fucking blue ranch. I don't care what anybody says. Blue cheese and ranch are almost the same damn thing. No, blue they're not. Blue cheese is mold, and it's good, and I like it because it's better than ranch. It has more flavor. And it's even better on wings. Yeah, Ooh. I prefer blue cheese on buffalo wings over Bro, ranch. here's my thing. Y'all are, so, so, y'all are just disappointing me. Yo, no, no, no. So here's here's my whole thing why I like blue cheese more than I like ranch. sound like my mother. Blue right? cheese, and the only reason I like, the, the only way I have my blue cheese is like that really chunky blue cheese. Given I'm not supposed to eat it, but I do anyways. Screw you, lactose. <laughs> anyways, dude, it's just it's the texture. Like the ranch is just too creamy. Oh, blue cheese has like, like it has those chunks. It gives you something to gnaw on. The texture of old boogers. That's what that's what draws you to blue cheese. Yes, Absolutely, I like that dude. curdled milk in my ranch, boy. Nah, man. No way. Yo, the booger texture is my favorite. It even tastes better than ranch. Oh, I'd rather eat boogers than eat ranch. Disgusting. Bruh, do you guys not eat oysters on the rig? Bro, oysters are fucking oh, amazing. How many can't you have like oysters? Not shells? That literally I, I, is, 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 is a shell full of snot. That is yeah. what you're... Yeah, it's a, it. Bro, it is the mucus of the gods. Yeah. Fun fact. You guys have heard the term mother of pearl, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The reason it's called mother of pearl is because it comes from oysters. <laughs> you said come. <laughs> like, like, that's the fucking takeaway. He's not I mean, it's just come in a shell. Oh. I mean, it is doesn't that the taste like it, though. Shell? <laughs> it is. You've uh, heard no, of no, it. I cannot eat oysters. It makes me sick. Okay, oysters are good if you slap them on a saltine. If you grill them, that's fine. Yeah. If you don't, fuck it. Slap mm. it on a saltine. Slap some hot sauce on it or a little yep. bit of butter. Boy. Yep. That is the only way I can eat it. Like, I have a family that can eat it straight off the sh- like straight from the shell. And I'm just like, I would buy oysters even if I wasn't deathly allergic to shellfish. I would not eat oysters. Oh, yeah. I always forget that. Me too. I offered him, I offered him a crab rangoon at work one time, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh man! Oh, yeah. I was like, "Is it real crab?" And he was like, "I don't know." Yeah, we had to call the Chinese place, and she couldn't give him a solid answer for like a minute. Yeah, yeah. She well, was like, I, "I don't know." I was like, "Okay, never mind." Oh gosh. Oh, so I told a story on the show last week that got corrupted about the time Eric and I uh, went to Wendy's. Oh and boy. And can you guys just act like you haven't heard it before? So it's funny. <laughs> Is this sure? Oh, man. All right. So, <clears throat> clear my throat a little bit. Eric oh, and I God. made a bet. We were playing pool. Naturally, I whipped his ass in pool. Just saying. So, the bet was nah. loser buys dinner. Okay. <laughs> so, we roll up to Wendy's. Probably like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. One of us wasn't 
Eric wasn't sober. I was perfectly sober because I was driving. <laughs> um, we we order the out. food. Eric orders his drink with no ice usually anywhere he goes because he doesn't like the ice. He waters it down. Blah, it's blah, a Midwestern blah. thing. Can't stand it. Yeah, he'd rather have ranch cubes in there instead of actual ice cubes. Um, I'm so yeah. soda because it's he, cold already. He orders the soda boneless. <laughs> so. We're in the Wendy's drive-thru, and he goes, and uh, boneless mellow yellow. Lady just went, okay. We roll up to the window. We get our food. He grabs. No, I'm All driving because right. I'm sober. He, I grab the drink, hand it to him. He shakes it and goes, man, this has bones in it. And <laughs> she looks him, like, dead in the eye with, like, you ever see, like, a Walmart employee, like, really late at night? They just have that look of, like, death and despair on their face. That was yeah. her, but like working in a Wendy's drive-thru, looking like she wanted to blow her fucking brains out. So she, she hands, Eric hands me the drink. I hand it back to her. She goes, what? He said, it's got bones in it. I was like, bro, they're going to spit in your fucking drink. So she dumps out the ice, fills it up again, and he goes, yay, no bones. <laughs> I sped out of that parking lot so fucking I was fast. So genuinely I, excited. I thought I was gonna get shot or something, dude. I'm like, I'm gonna spit in the food. I made sure we got the food first before he said that too. I was like, I don't, I don't want any spit in my bacon cheeseburger, bro. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but hey, I've never we, seen. All right, uh, we gotta take the drink and the food back. I've never Why seen a lady look so, so pissed off before, though. She was like, she was big mad, like really fucking pissed. Like, a, oh god. Dumb so bitch. how how that came about, if I'm not mistaken, is you and I were somewhere, Robbie, I think. Yes, I know exactly. You and I were. were somewhere getting food at one point, and we we had some kind of discussion about like boneless wings, and that just that just spiraled. Because the boneless pizza totally me totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About boneless water first. Yes. So it, for some reason. My brain just decided that any drink that has ice in it is just bones. Like, ice is just bones now. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why my brain thought that was the best idea, but it's the best idea that I had. And everywhere that I go and everywhere that I went, just for whatever reason, I would order every drink boneless. And it's just been a problematic trend that I can't stop. This drink has bones in it t-shirt coming soon. <laughs> oh, that's just a mellow yellow from Wendy's. That's what you get. You get a fucking mellow yellow. Boneless. Yep. We can make it happen. We uh, have the technology. Can. Not with the mellow yellow on there, though. We're going to have to do like yeah. Milo Yellow or some dumb shit. Milo <laughs> Yellow. Wait till we play TKO again Milo. in the Jackbox party pack. Oh, that'd be Dude, fun. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> We should do that again. I don't know if you guys ever paid into podcasts or anything, but uh, one of the creators from Jackbox does a podcast called. Um, I just said I don't know if you guys are into podcasts I, at all. No, I'm not. What's up? No, not at all. Podcasts. I don't uh, have Painkiller already. Episode five twenty. I always have here. to practice myself because, like, there are podcast people and there are like, what's a podcast people. So um, one of the guys from Jackbox, one of the devs, uh, has a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern, and it is bonkers funny. It is, it's an improv podcast, so if you don't like improv comedy, you're probably not going to like it, but oh, it's, it's so good, though. That sounds awesome. 
It's so good. That's Bro, my I'll cup never of tea right there. I was just going to say, Alex, that's right up your alley. Yeah. So the it's called Hello from the Magic Tavern, and they have like this guy, Arnie, Arnie Niekamp. He was the one that worked on Jackbox, and I think that some of the other guys did as well. Um, but he falls through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago. Fuck? And uh, fantastical land where oh, his two friends are uh, a whiz, like a shitty wizard who yeah. doesn't know that he's shitty and a talking badger. And he has to go on a quest. They just like, he has his, his podcasting equipment and somehow he can still get a Wi-Fi signal through the dimensional rift from the Burger King. So he uploads this podcast of him interviewing people inside of this tavern inside. This yeah. <laughs> and it's, brilliant it's so funny it i've started fantastic. this one i've actually started oh, this one dude that that podcast like i i listen to more podcasts than i do music on a regular basis every day so That's like that spiraled me into like podcast oblivion after listening to that <laughs> show for the first time oh yeah Dude, when I was working at 7-Eleven, I started watch or listening to it again. I I think in the entirety of the time I worked there, I think I went through 300 episodes or 200 episodes yeah, or something. They, they've been doing it for a long time now. Yeah, dude. I'm so far behind. Uh, new topic? New topic. Spend the wheel, Bobbert. Motherfucking um, Cyberpunk came out. Giggity. Oh yeah! I just oh. want to say, first of all, I'm not on this hype train. You guys have fun with your conversation. Uh, so I would also like to put out a big disclaimer: I didn't pay for the game. Steam's library sharing function, absolute clutch. But yeah, I finally. Hmm? Who are you sharing from? No one you know. <laughs> Eric shares my nine different people. I These do. are not the droids you are looking for. Do the same thing. I was hooked up yeah. to Robbie's and Eric's and yours, mm-hmm. Kyle. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I hadn't I hadn't bought a PC game in like a couple years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I share with four other people, and I have a separate Steam account. But one of the people that I share with bought Cyberpunk, so I was like, eh, I guess I get a free copy. But for those of you that know me, you guys know that I'm on kind of a late night sleep schedule anyways so when they're offline i'm online so it it works out symbiotic relationship exactly <laughs> yeah we sure it's yeah, not cyberpunk. <laughs> it might be but <laughs> cyberpunk dear god it's it's a beautiful game and i don't want to talk about spoilers or anything because i'm not super far into it i I am, legitimately well, spe- not, I, I I legitimately spent at least twenty minutes designing my character. Same Z. Because there's just yep. do, there's so much. Dude, it's so how did you do creator? What? The fact hmm? that you get to choose the penis. Dude, the fan uh, no. yeah. like Bro, you get to choose what your pubic hair looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted mohawks. Yeah. You made a landing yeah. strip? No. Actually meant sideburns. But, sideburns. Oh. <laughs> so, you wanted, so you wanted burnout? No t- tire burnout? Sideburns, sideburns does sound like a real dick move. Oh my god! <sighs> That's a real well knee done. slapper there. Well done. <laughs> you could well not done. have gone 
through with inviting me on the show without expecting. It. <laughs> but Come as on. far as as far as like general like graphics of the game, like absolutely well done. Uh, my computer is not necessarily the strongest by any means, and it it holds up to AAA titles like mostly. But just like how much detail they put into this game is bonkers. Like oh, I, I, I wasn't expecting lost. it. I've gotten yeah. lost in you Night gotta, City. You expect it after yeah. what almost a year's worth of delays. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. not just that, but I mean, we saw how the trailers looked. Rather than just delay it, like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't so hyped on the game that I was going to be upset that the release date was so far. Right. I know I wanted them to give the game as perfect as possible. Streamers play absolutely. Like, yeah, yep. I I almost never play games right when they come out because fair. I I don't have it as much time as I wish I did to play video games anymore. Understandable. But, you know, I would rather, I would definitely rather, like, even if it was a game I was waiting forever for, like Kingdom Hearts 3 when that came out and ended yep. up being completely useless and the worst game in the franchise. But, bro, you know, like, I still haven't finished it. Really? I mean, I, it's worth I restored it. my entire campaign. Um. Yeah, like, I, I would rather them, I would rather have had them wait a year to release mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3 than release what they actually put out, which was so, too short and right. really so, easy. T- Tommy, while we're on the topic of Kingdom Hearts, I need to ask you a question that I don't think I asked you when it came out, when I was playing through it originally. Did Kingdom Hearts 3 seem cringier than the others? Oh, no. Like the dialogue? Yeah, they did that on purpose. Um, Dude, it... Just, I looked. At, I looked it up because I was like, "Why did why?" Because of uh, Donald and Goofy's voices, they they appeal to a younger gorge. crowd, to people who had never played the original Fair. like those two games. Okay. So, like, I was like, "Why does the voice act?" I literally searched on Google, "Why does the Kingdom Hearts three voice acting sound like that?" Yeah, <laughs> like just the way they displayed emotion everything from Sora and everyone. I'm just like, yeah, why is this so yeah. bad? That didn't really bother me that much, but we're not oh. talking about arts. We're talking about <laughs> cyberpunk, which yeah, yeah I just want to, I just want to draw off on there for a second. Because I haven't played it yet. Yeah. Oh. It's um, so for those that don't know, it's like Skyrim in the future and everything mm. is heavily, like technology based um so like within the first minute of the game you can see how kind of like you know neon everything is and like everybody's got their tech implants and like it's blatantly obvious where this future kind of where they wanted that path to go you um, may say it the cyberpunk I mean... aesthetic well, what? yeah, but, it, I, but Alex, not everybody's as big brain as you. Like, not a lot of people know what cyberpunk is. Like, if you it's think fire. cyberpunk, you think, you know, a ska band wearing nothing but 20 Apple watches. Like, not Arr. everybody knows what cyberpunk is. So, you know, you have kind of that, like, 80s, 90s, like, leather jackets and, like, studs or whatever, but it's all tech. So um, the like the outfits and like the the vibe that they chose for everybody, it's really interesting. But just to see how they went in that direction, because, you know, when most people think of the like distant future or whatever, they think of like the Jetsons flying cars Mm -hmm. and, you know, everything's on like a 
digital pop-up screen, but it's like modern day life, just, you know, more advanced, I guess, uh, tech wise, but it is like for the eighties, it is, it's like how, in yeah. Fallout, you know, in fallout before the bombs fell, how everything was super atomic age. Yeah, like, it was like futuristic, but stuck in the fifties. Yeah. Cyberpunk is that for the eighties. Very much. That's a really good way to put it. Neon and all of the the colors and the and the fashion that they have and like the way that they design the cars and the buildings and the logos for everything is super duper eighties, but it's all on like hyper futuristic, not exactly post apocalyptic, but like you know nearing dystopian prior in, in, in dystopian. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, that's yeah. So, I mean, me personally, as I've been playing through it, I would have to say the gameplay is, it reminds me, and I don't know, so you guys might not agree with me, but it reminds me so much of Borderlands, like the gunplay and everything. Yeah, it's it like does, Borderlands mixed with GTA, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I'm just loving it. So, so far at least, like I'm still getting used to the gunplay a little bit. It's a little weird. It's a little wonky, but there's some references I've come across in the game that I, yeah, you, just references of the magazine at the very beginning well, well I, guess, I guess it's probably different depending on which uh which class you chose yeah. i went yeah. the uh, uh street kid yeah street kid that's what i did too so, yeah. um it's it's a I, I don't know if it's a spoiler i don't I think mean, so it's easter egg I'll... it's an easter <laughs> egg but it's not a spoiler i guess yeah but um in the you know what never mind I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Just, 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 just text it to me later. Yeah. I will say it is, if you start in the Corpo line, make sure you look in the drawer of your desk. And that's all I'm going to give oh, you. I started Corpo, but I didn't. You can tell me. You can. You can I mean, it's like the first two minutes of the game. What are you spoiling? Yeah, all right. So, the game. All right. All right. I've been I've been peer pressured into spoiling cyberpunk for everyone. Uh, so when you open when you open the drawer in the desk, there is uh, like this this um, neuro enhancer drug. And there is another item that you can grab out of there. And underneath those two items on the inside of the drawer is a magazine with Siri from The Witcher 3 on the cover of the magazine like well inside the drawer, it says like this like a like a tabloid magazine and, and nice. everybody was like whoa what because i know that there's been like some speculation as to whether or not series in the game which i don't know because i haven't i haven't seen far yeah. enough into it but yeah but one thing yeah. we all know is keanu reeves in the game yeah. yeah he's breathtaking speaking of uh keanu reeves um, I'm going to try and keep this as spoiler-free as possible, even though I'm not very far in the game. Um, so, essentially, right after you meet Keanu Reeves, uh, you get offered a red pill and a blue pill. <laughs> Wait. At least on the playthrough I went on. Weird, because I didn't get that option. See, it's it's different That's cool. for everybody. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional, mind you. Yep. Uh, I mean, but I was. Mm -hmm. I was given a that, red pill and a blue pill. Yeah, that was one of I the like things that. I was going to touch on as well is the fact that nearly everything is dialogue based. So yes. it's not like you have, you know, go this way or this way, because with the storyline that I picked um, and again, avoiding 
talking about anything specific, just as vague as possible, but there are quick actions as well, yep. so, which I didn't know about until, mm -hmm. like, I've, I've been fairly sheltered from this game, but I didn't know that there were quick dialogue options. Like, you had maybe a second and a half to yep. press a button, and you mm -hmm. get that, like, special option. Like, who thinks of things like that? But it, you can see I mean, how dramatic the conversation changes when you choose those options because someone can yeah. look at you and be like calm and collective, you know, you snap into that dialogue and they're like, what the fuck did you say to me in that tone of voice? Like immediately. Right. And it, you're, you go into that fight or flight moment and like job well done on their part. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, definitely I... when it comes to the dialogue in this game, it does take him back to like the telltale games. Mm hmm. And that is amazing. Like Tales from the Borderlands and all those fantastic games. Dude, I miss those freaking Telltale games. Dude, I <laughs> yeah. hate that they went out of business. Hated on them. But like, I don't good. know if you guys played the Telltale Batman series. I was, it was I good. loved that shit. Best it was so good. If, if Telltale had come a little bit later on, because they offered it as a mobile app, right? So like the yeah. games you could play on mobile. If they had come a little bit later on to where mobile gaming was a little bit further along when they started yep. releasing titles and then just released them on mobile, they would have done so much better. Oh, definitely, right. dude. There really wasn't like a market necessarily for what they were doing until, you know, after they had pretty much dismantled the company. Pretty much. I mean, the one, the, the biggest thing about Telltale, I have to say, is it's something we didn't know we wanted until they delivered it to us. And now right. everyone misses it so much. I mean, because honestly, like for me, my favorite Telltale game still is Wolf Among Us. And I wish I would have gotten a season two, but it never did. And it breaks my heart. Um, yeah. But man, Alex, I I want to I want to I just want to throw that that thing I found earlier so badly in here because i mean <laughs> i mean it's a side mission thing and it's a very it's there there's like it, no, it's no part content. Of, we can't give out any don't content do don't, don't do it i oh, mean i don't want don't to because do it's part of this long do ass it. chain you have to do oh you don't, don't have do to do it it's a, it's a segment nope. of said chain that's nope. all i'm really nope. Yeah. Mm -mm. nope nope no i but you're gonna love I'm... it your spoiler <laughs> privileges have been revoked you're gonna love it it's going to be great when you get to it. And you're going to be like, oh, this is what he was talking about. Because I gave you hints earlier, Alex. I gave you the hints. And you were very close. I, I think I do know what, what you're kind of referring to. You um, probably do. And I'm going to say, the last thing I'm going to say is the voice acting is phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the game, the game is great. I mean, I, I, it took me like six hours just to get just to get to the title card for the game. Yeah, dude, it's, it's I didn't get to the title card till this morning. Yeah, it's massive. It's yep. this game is going to take so yeah. many hours just and just so, for the regular so, story. Did you, so guys, did you guys uh Gary the Prophet yet? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He's a crazy guy talking about like you pass him in the street. He's in an alley. Oh, yes, I know who you're talking him. about. How the sons and daughters of the next yep. generation will learn to hate Chrome and like how cybernetic enhancements are are of the devil. That Witness me actor, shining in Chrome. Yeah, the the voice actor and the character model is co carnage from Twitch. Like they Wait, put really? in, and he 
like yeah. nobody knew what his character was going to be. All he had shared was that he had done voice acting for the bit and wow. that, um, that they had put a character model of him in the game. They like, nobody knew what it was. And then he turns out to be like this crazy doomsday cultist. Like <laughs> it's, it's so funny. That's pretty dope. So, that is super dope. He has a really long string of dialogue. If you're willing to sit there and listen to him, talk the whole I way through. I didn't listen to all like, of it. Awesome. Right you get to the first Ripper doc. Yeah. I just really, I just really recall cool. him from like uh, one of the cutscenes where he's just driving and I passed by him. So I yeah. don't I didn't get a chance to actually go up to him yet. Yeah, I walked past him when I was going to the Ripper dock. Uh, I didn't I just didn't I was like, ah, eh, this is just some random dude. Okay, I don't care. Move it along. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Co Carnage. He that is super cool. Ninety one thousand viewers today on or yesterday on his uh, on the first day of, of streaming for it. Yeah, I think he had early access at like eight a.m. yesterday. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sure he did. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he was in way before anybody. Like, oh yeah. Well, not before anybody, but like he had he had the key from CD Projekt Red to play it yeah. early. So here's a weird fun fact about me. This is the first CD Projekt Red game I've actually liked enough to sit down and play for more than 10 <laughs> minutes because I hated all the Witcher games to be. I'll See, put it out there. I really, really hated Witcher 3. I didn't play Witcher 1 and 2, but I hated the Witcher 3 the first time that I tried to play it because of Geralt's voice acting. Yeah. Because he sounds That's like Edge Lord. Yeah. When I went back and tried to play it again, after understanding a little bit more about why he sounds like such an edgelord and that it's kind of like written into the lore of the Witcher. Yeah. That like justified it enough that I was willing to enjoy the game and it is a really, really solid game. I mean, as much as I love fantasy games and swinging around big swords and things like that, just the Witcher series was not for me. I did not like it. And as much, as much as I love a narrative-driven game, too, I was it surprised me that I could only sit there and play it for. I don't, I, I think I got to the Griffin, and then I was like, okay, I'm done with this game. That was it. Yeah, that, that was Crucify it for me. Crucify me if you want. I feel that way about Skyrim. That's understandable, I dude. Fucking I fucking mean, hate Skyrim. I fucking hate I, it so much. I don't hate it. I don't so hate it by boring. Any single played Skyrim. I've made it to like level six. And then been too bored to continue. Yeah, it's boring as shit. I'll tell you when it happens. It happens. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play Skyrim. I'm finally gonna go all the way through Skyrim. I get to that part where you have to go and meet the gray beard dudes in the top of that mountain. Yeah. You have to walk yourself all the way. Out. Yeah, that's exactly and that where I first stupidly long walk with no other towns in between it. Yep. Like that's where I quit playing at a certain point. I'm like, I don't really want to go and explore all the side content in between here and where I'm going. Yeah. But if I don't, there's literally nothing else to do. And I so like that's what I Sorry. So I mean, my my thing with Skyrim is I have dumped hundreds of hours in the game between Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, and PC. Um, really, I spend more time putting mods in the game. Then I do actually play it for me for yep. uh, playing Fallout <laughs> on my oh, PC. Is I modded it Boring too as bad. Well. Uh, yeah. See, I, anytime one of those games come out, uh, I do a Pierce run first, just do all the story, and then I will mod the crap out of it and uh, do all the side stuff so I can have crazy weapons. Now you're talking my language, else. especially like like command prompt. 
existence of command prompt on PC has ruined some video games for me. Like oh, yeah. I can't I can't play Skyrim. Um I don't know, is there is there a command prompt in Prey? I'm not sure. No, but there are workarounds. Yeah, there well, definitely yeah, are. There's there bots where they can pretty like, See, that's, that's getting into my territory where you do a lot of things you're not supposed to, but... Yeah, like where you just obliterate the game. Really fun. So, speaking of games, have you guys been seeing the Pokemon TCG blowing up recently? Yep. So, I've, I've I don't understand it. They're selling Pokemon cards yeah. now. I've been yeah, into it for a while, thing. so I've been following it. But if you guys don't know who Soda Poppin is, he yep. is arguably the biggest streamer on Twitch. Just holy fuck, so much fucking money. Um, he did a Pokemon box opening today, and I don't know if it was a first edition box or what it was, but it was. I think he paid like ten, twenty thousand dollars maybe for the box. And I think those boxes are going for like a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. It depends what you buy, really. And like, there's a Neo Genesis box Ms. Kiff's can open up that was seventy grand. And that's on Sunday. But anyway, uh, Soda Poppin opened this box today, and he ruined every single card from every single pack. He had a wheel that he spun. He would burn them. He would use. You put them on a dartboard, throw darts at them. He'd soak them in lube. He'd soak them in water. He'd Throw them in dirt, and if he didn't like the card, he just fucking ripped it up. And then yep. he took a deck of cards, did the whole like thing like that, bent them all, and like that, showed everything completely. He had, I think, a hundred thousand viewers just pissed off at him, and because he could, because he can, he has money. Yeah. He didn't yeah. give a fuck, but no, you know, <laughs> he's a dick. Yeah, but he has money. That's the problem. Yeah. He spent. 20 grand on that box let's say he could have made have a drop in the 60 pocket. grand off of those cards because some of them looked like they were mm -hmm. psa grade 10 like a dark charizard shit's fucking expensive that can go for a couple thousand dollars uh didn't well, give a fuck i think he drew like three or four of them more expensive because yeah. now there's one less in the world yep that's all i had to say yeah i think he up value a little bit oh yeah 100 percent. i mean there were some cards he just oh okay rip it up right there everyone's like what the fuck dudes yeah my yeah. whole thing about the the pokemon stuff going on right now is i honestly think it's the dumbest thing ever i hate it so much pokeball tattoo <laughs> yep I, I, I got really into uh a ccg on my phone for a while recently oh, i don't one? know if you guys have played uh legends of Runeterra. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. It's a good one. Like, that card game, that is my favorite like card game mechanic system that I have ever seen. Is the way that like everything interacts. If you like to play CCGs, well, okay, yeah, Magic the Gathering. I played Magic for forever. Yeah. I think that Legends is a better rule system. Magic is kind of fucky right now. Uh, it's always been fucky. I just, I never got into the card game hype. Like, I, I think I was in, I think I was still in like third grade when I had Pokemon cards and Yu Gi Oh cards. Yeah. And it was popular for like maybe three months in the schools that I was in. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Yeah. And I, either sold them at a garage sale or did something with them, but I just 
fell off the hype and fell out of it after that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played I played a bunch of uh, card games. I mean, I played Pokemon I, back in the day. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! I played Magic. Um, oh, God. Uh, what was it called? There's one really stupid one. I still have my deck. I have, like, two decks for it. What? Was it Hearthstone? No, but I did play Hearthstone. I actually still play Hearthstone a little bit, like, very casually. You, you should try Runeterra. If you like Hearthstone... I will. You're gonna they're gonna play Runeterra for a couple of rounds and be like, what the fuck is happening here? Because the mechanics, the you can't play it in real life. Yeah. It is it interacts with your deck in such a way that it would not be physically possible to play in real life effectively. You know, I'm about to say one of the nerdiest things ever. Before Hearthstone was even a thing, I played the IRL while CCG. I, I did played as well. It. I that still have the awesome. cards somewhere. I wish I still had my cards. CCG? Like the old school Dragon Ball yes. Z cards? Yeah, dog. Um, we had those. My brother got really into the dot hack card game. I remember they had a dot that hack card game? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Cool. I didn't know dude. that. Card design was super cool. I'm sure that you could probably still find it somewhere, but probably more likely. It was totally different than anything else I had played. Word. Wow. But yeah, I quickly grew out of card games uh, and got more into traditional like tabletop uh, games, uh, yeah. board games, and then, you know, still it. card games, but things like Munchkin and whatnot, Not Boss Monster. Games. What's up? Not like dueling games. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can't not a win dueling game or a, like tabletop games, you know. Yeah, I got out of the TCG games, and I definitely went more towards the you know the casual uh, tabletop games like Munchkin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually got. Uh, I, I was know able to find a cheap version of Boss Monster when I was out of town. That made me happy. Oh, you mean your temporary breakup from the podcast? Yes, where you know I was in lockdown in a whole nother state. Yeah, well, I mean it's still your fault. So how? It, you it's were the one that left. Yeah, yeah. You chose. You chose to go somewhere, and so did you. What Tommy said. Yeah. Yeah. Look what happened to you, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got COVID. But bitch. I came back. <laughs> I came yeah. back. True. I had COVID though. You came back in COVID. time. Eric, I did. This is a little bit of a personal call out. Do you know what happened to all of our Munchkin cards? Because they were at Ryan's when you moved. I have a bunch of Munchkin cards somewhere. I'm going to be honest. He probably still has them. (laughs) I mean, probably still has them. I mean, he still has my Lord. So he's probably still got all those games. Dang. Bro. And he still has I want to get our... together to have a tabletop night again. Well, we can't do that now. Well, I mean, you know, eventually we will be able to. Eventually. Yeah. I'm just saying when we can. Uh, do you guys want to call I it? I tried to play D&D with James's group, but they had like nine people in the group. Oof, no, those are <laughs> toxic, dude. When we were in the apartment, um, our yeah. roommates just moved in and so everyone was on the wi-fi and my discord would not yeah connect properly for the life of me there were so many devices on the network that there just wasn't room for me to have voice chat yeah. so that right. with 
you know, seven people shouting over each other plus James. Like it was just, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> it was really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I, those are no fun. Um, I don't enjoy them. I feel like it's just a, it takes too much time to get through everyone's turn and everyone wants to do something different. It's too hard to get a group that big to cooperate. In my opinion, I say, you know, you stick with five or less. Yeah. yeah. That's my rule. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run a game for more than more than four people at this point. Yeah. Like, no, I definitely feel even that. In person, like I wouldn't run a game for more than four people because everything just takes too damn long. Yeah. yeah takes too damn long mm-hmm. to more than four pcs yeah like, definitely. And, you know maybe you got to scale them a little bit higher and give them a little bit better magic items when you know they get to big bad because there's only four of them but oh yeah right. definitely if anything I, think- I really like doing mini campaigns now like the ones that you just bust out in like a day or two those are a yeah. lot of fun I went and bought uh, the, uh, the fifth edition like Stranger Things box that came oh, with word. minis, uh, and I've never been able to actually run that that adventure. Like I I bought it thinking that I was going to be able to run it, and then never ran it because that was yeah. when we had switched from running Pathfinder to running fifth edition, mm. and I wanted to use that as like the transition so that everybody knew what was going on, but. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I, that's that's no bueno. Um, outside of that, I had some slight news before we started recording about the new Bioshock, possibly, but I don't know if anyone. Really? Yeah, Bioshock Four. Uh, so it's being. I'm I'm saying it's being speculated. The article didn't say anything about speculation, aside from they saw uh, some job postings for. Wow, inappropriate. <laughs> um but yeah (laughs) so what they want to do is they want to implement more of a like fallout slash skyrim system some more open world and they're going to end up doing more of like a dialogue thing similar to cyberpunk i mean i get ah man i loved bioshock infinite i loved all of them they're great one and one and infinite like the last one that they did but loved it for what it was dude like i i don't want to see franchises just go based on what other franchises are doing just like because that's the new thing to do like, yeah no i I'm definitely feel fan that of assassin's creed games for that reason yeah because there's you know you go to a new area there's a tower you climb up you look at everything and then you have all of your objectives highlighted so you can go them, and that's in every like generic open world game especially ubisoft games um but like you know uh shadow of mortar and shadow of war were like that uh, uh, the like that, the batman games like the even the new spider-man was uh, not the new one not miles morales but last yeah. year before spider-man was like that i don't know if miles morales is like that i haven't seen it yet it's yeah i feel like the same game. Yeah, they really need to go away with synchronization systems. Story's good enough to make you want to do all that shit. But yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of fun with Valhalla. Oh yeah, like I just I get bored in games that are that vast and repetitive. Understandable. Like, you know, I get caught up trying to do all the side shit and then forget what's happening in the story, and then it's no longer compelling. It's just just I feel that ADHD Um, pain, you know. 
maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just appealing to me. I, I I don't know. I like studying lore and stuff in games and learning oh, yeah. everything I can. Sure. I'm just a crack except for Skyrim. That that lore can stay where it's at. I'm not even touching that with a million foot pole. Screw the Elder Scrolls lore. I studied all the World of Warcraft lore. Did every side thing possible in every expansion. Stuck up with everything going on up until now and i'm just like no i'm done world of warcraft you've, you've taken like 18 years of my life it, it's over <laughs> that was a long marriage i had i've been playing that game since it came out golly man i dedicated my life to world yep. of warcraft blizzard y'all got remember, a lot of my money y'all remember adventure quest yeah i did i still play it sometimes not really mm. I, I sort of on a whim i downloaded adventure quest 3d on my phone the other day because you can play it on mobile now yep i'm sorry yep. it's not the same man it's, it's not. not that comic book side scrolling like no it's bro animated. it's it's like a runescape 3 ripoff nah dude kind nah. you're giving it too much credit you're right you're right it's you're talking about the new like, one Mm-hmm. what yeah the, the, the new, new oh, yeah, yeah no it's oh. it's it's not like i didn't play it long enough to know whether it was bad but it wasn't good <laughs> yeah it's definitely not good it's it's trash i've played it for a good while on pc it's no i'm not really an mmo guy though i am yeah. kind of like wasting my life with, tr- with trivial things i'm not either <laughs> honestly i just <laughs> stick stick to the games i like and <laughs> i might start playing RuneScape again Really briefly here, did anybody see the new announcements by Disney today? Yes, no. like 10 different Star Wars films, bro. No, no, there's more. There's Marvel, all the yeah, Marvel there's a stuff bunch. that's coming, too. Yeah, yep. they have like 10 oh. things with Marvel and animated yeah. movies. And oh, my God, it's, they it's a really big list. And yeah, they were like, I'm super stoked. Yep, they're pretty much like, here's what we're doing for the next four years. Oh, I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but also in the midst of all of that revealing stuff, they uh, raised the price by a dollar for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I saw that. I'm definitely not going to notice that. Hayden Christensen coming back too. Obi-Wan, yes. I I heard Mm. that was already like we knew that already, though. Well, yeah. I mean, it only made sense. Yeah. He's exactly Darth Vader. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to see if I can find just like a list of everything that they were that they released. Um, There's a bunch of shit. There's um, like they said over 10 different kind of Star Wars productions going on. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a really long list. But we're here for all of it. Oh snap! Um, Willow Warwick Davis. What? What'd you say, Tommy? I said, "You guys hear what was going on with Facebook today?" <clears throat> yeah, you like forty-eight states sued them. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> what? Facebook has acquired so many other smaller social media content platforms that there are states suing them um, for creating a um, a trust on social media and not giving anybody an option to use a social media that is not owned by Facebook. Hey boy, let's close on Facebook. Going back to MySpace. That's all I go learn HTML again. Tom is still my friend. 
Instagram and they bought WhatsApp and they bought a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they basically like cornered the market on, on social media, except for Twitter. I think, I don't think Facebook runs Twitter. No, that's that's about it. So like everybody, there are a couple all these states sued them for like violating antitrust law. Wow. Jeez. Well, you guys want to call it there? Yeah, I'm good if everybody else is. I'm yep. solid. All right. Y'all, I was glad to be here. Thanks for having yeah, me on. Thanks for, yeah, dog. Thanks yeah, for coming thanks on, for man. Coming. We appreciate it for sure. Yeah, anything you want to promote before we end it, Tommy? Uh, yeah, I'll just uh, kind of, you know, repeat the whole the whole deal. Um, I play guitar and delineate, uh, D-E-L-I-N-E-A-T-E. You can find us on Facebook, um, Instagram at delineatefl um and twitter at delineate fl and uh mullins music go and if if you have an extra dollar to them they are absolutely amazing um and yeah i mean that that's i guess that's pretty much it if you uh i i am an artist also i take commissions at at ham slamwich art on instagram um my art's not that good Yes, it is. <laughs> it's better than mine. I feel like I had to shamelessly self-plug at least once today. You, know? so mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, all uh, all your links are gonna be in the the little description if anybody wants to open that up and uh, check it out. If you're on YouTube, yeah. if you're on SoundCloud, uh, go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, that's leftovers at midnight, episode six. Signing out. Bye. Bye. Bye.